Okay. How long did it take you to write math? If I could, I would get rid of every camera, every light, so that nobody knew anything. See, not knowing what the movie is, is the movie. Your parents go away a lot? Yeah. I actually think they would prefer if I did more stuff, like um, go outside or whatever. Alex. This is the movie. It starts right now. You and your friends, with us, going in there. Wait, you... You want me to be in your movie? Nobody's parents are gonna find out. You're filming everything. What's up, guys? Uh, this is Kyode from Scriptly Adapted Uncut, aka the Artist Roundtable. Um, Kate, welcome back, guys. Welcome. So, we are back here at LMC TV with another artist, uh, local artist, filmmaker, writer, director, producer. I mean, jack of all trades, right? Yeah, jack really. of all trades. Um, we are here with uh, Brian DeLorenzo. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome. Brian. welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so, today at Artist Roundtable, uh, we have Brian DeLorenzo, uh, who directed and wrote an awesome film mm -hmm. that Kate and I had the pleasure of, of seeing. It was awesome. Um, really well done. So, yeah. Brian, let's just let's hop right into yeah. it. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, as an artist, as a filmmaker, uh, and give us some background on Myth, the film Myth. Thank you. Uh, great to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a New Yorker. I grew up um, upstate-ish, you know, um, <laughs> just just north of here um, in the Hudson Valley, and I really kind of just started when I was uh, out of college. I was living with my parents and thinking about um, movies and, mm. and being a filmmaker and just sort of um, kind of daydreaming about meeting, you know, some of my idols like right. Tarantino or Scorsese. Ah, Tarantino, yes. Yes, and so uh -huh. uh, a lot of stuff like that was kind of going through my head at the time, and um, yeah, and then I just started working on the script uh, around like 2015-ish. Okay. Um, and I was just kind of like hanging out um, in my hometown, driving around, and then suddenly, you know, this idea kind of, clicked that you know what if what if Tarantino was hanging at, around you know Newburgh or How something. How crazy would that yeah, be right? if Tarantino was I'm hanging out? I'm the only one that's not like Oh, don't say it, Kate. Oh, no. Don't no, 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 no. Wait, we wait, 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 wait. We just started no, 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 no. the show. Okay, I know, I know. Brian's going to hate me. Controversial yeah. thing. I know, I know, I know. I apologize. Listen, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brilliant, okay? I love Django Unchained. Brilliant. But he's, he's, 
he's just a little too much for me. Well, I, I'm just saying, it's <laughs> really unnecessary. You're gonna make Brian's head explode. I know, I know. Oh, right. I apologize. Oh, I apologize. I didn't mean to upset the guests. <laughs> lots of great filmmakers out there. Yeah. Could, you yeah, know, could yeah. be anyone. No, he's uh -huh. very talented. Uh -huh. I hope he retires after. <laughs> <laughs> you promised us, Quentin. No, I'm just kidding. So, so the influence came from you know what if you would be what if you yeah. met this cool. this this director right and right how he would be and, uh, and maybe and probably not super nice right yeah you know <laughs> you're lucky if they're if they're nice yeah. but um you know more more often than not you know they say like never meet your idols mm. Uh, mm. because you might That's be might be let down yeah. That's very interesting you say that because that's kind of the the undertone of the film, myth. Um, you know, he's kind of a little let down, not to give too much away, but um, he, I think, has built up J.P. Smith in his mind of who he thinks he is, mm -hmm. and he doesn't realize that really he's just the regular guy, but he's he doesn't fulfill his expectations, and he I lets him down. I think we all do that with yeah. oh, people for sure. or idols that we kind of... Sure look forward or look up to, you yeah, know, like we, we build them up to be this super mega, almost godlike, which mm -hmm. is crazy, uh, but almost godlike. And when we see them and meet them, we're like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. Yeah. Like, this guy, like yeah. oh, wow, I didn't, I'm oh. never watching your movies again. <laughs> You're not very nice. Yeah. 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 Um, and, it, and it could be anyone, you know, I mean, the, the, the kind of the way we set things up in this film is that his idol happens to be a very indie filmmaker mm -hmm. who his friends probably wouldn't even know, you know, and he doesn't really have friends in the movie, but if he did, nobody else around him would really know who this guy was that right. he was, like, worshipping. Yeah. Um, so that kind of gave an interesting dynamic to it, yeah. um, as opposed to being, like, a big Hollywood filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, okay. So what influenced, like, your thought process was what would happen if you met your idol, but as it, as the idea grew, what kind of... How did it go from there? Like, what influenced it from there? Like, right? Yeah, I mean, just through writing, um, you know, going through a couple of different drafts, um, even up until um, we started shooting very close to it um, during the casting process, mm. uh, the writing kept changing, and mm. and even the ending kind of came uh, much later. Uh, and, and really, it got stronger the more people, other people, got involved. Mm. Okay, I, I go back and I re I reread my first draft I'm like uh <laughs> I want people seeing that but uh, yeah, yeah. um but but yeah it was it was a really like once I was kind of able to bring people aboard um that was about a year later um you know we started it's things started to gel okay. um in, in in that you know more ideas were being added to it nice and you mentioned the casting so how did you where did you find your actors how did you know what role you wanted to cast them as yeah, uh, did a lot of searching um, mm -hmm. through backstage. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. just like a popular way to do it. Um, I met pretty much everyone through the auditions. Mm -hmm. um, Justin uh, Andrew Davis, who plays Alex, our main protagonist. Mm -hmm. um, Sadie Scott, who um, plays Ruby, who's the sort of the female lead, and then uh, Nick Tucci. Um, he uh, he was someone who actually. I had recognized his work from um, when he, when his face popped up in our in our casting. I was I was kind of blown away because I I'd seen him act in uh, this this film called Your Next, mm -hmm. which was a big uh, theatrical horror film from um, earlier um, a few years prior. Oh, okay. so you're in the, 
I, Why does that sound familiar? I feel like I've seen him. So Kate and I, when we were watching the yeah, film, I, she swore she knew him. I like, I yeah. Him and I was like, I, sw- I, and I was like, yeah, he looks really familiar. And I think I, it's from, oh, from yeah. that film. And it would sort of had this JP Alex sort of dynamic because I really look up to, to him and he, you know, he brought so much experience and mm-hmm. sort of wisdom to mm-hmm. the set and, you know, kind of um, just the level of, of honesty and, and, and the ec- just the extra dimensions were really yeah. added yeah. by him. That veteran presence definitely does help oh, to kind of yeah. sure. guide yeah. a little bit how the film's going to go in some cases. With mm-hmm. the experience too, you know, the, you know, it's 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 that calming presence that the person actually knows what they're doing, you know, which is restorative for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so seeing the approach that JP had on his actors in the film, um, within the film, which I thought was great. And it's funny because you did it so well. Typically, I'm not a fan of that because I feel like it's very easy to get lost um, mm-hmm. in some movies that I've seen. But I followed it really well, and I, I was like, "Wow, he did that very seamlessly." Yeah. So kudos to you for nice pacing. Yeah, nice. it was Thank really you. well yeah. done. Um, but seeing the approach that he had on the actors in the film within the film, what was your approach with your cast as a director? Oh yeah, um, you know it was really run and gun, um, but you know we basically had. Um, <laughs> We actually, I think we called it Hell Week. It was uh, it was the bulk of filming, um, which was a seven-day run um, mm-hmm. upstate, and basically the cast lived in the um, the sort of house that you see in the film that JP is renting out. I see. Um, they were all there. <laughs> I was with the crew, and they, they, we took over my parents' house as base camp. Uh-huh. Oh no! And every day, I mean, it, it was killer, but it was so much fun. Right? Yeah, it was like, yeah. You know, twenty-hour days. But we, I'd wake up in the morning with the script pages, and it would sort of be like that morning we would run through them and then just decide to either change something completely, um, uh, rework a scene, um, change dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so much was brought during the, that process, and and it was kind of like just on the day we'd re, you know rehearse it, and if it didn't work, we'd you know we'd do something else. Nice. Well, I love that because, and I said this to Kyoto when we were watching it. There's a scene I can. The actual specifics escape me, but there's a scene where JP, I think, is talking to Nora, mm-hmm. and he's, I think it's him, and he mm-hmm. says something about he just wants the characters to have the essence. It's not necessarily yes. like literally following the script, he just wants them to like embody like what it, I, th- I believe that's him, right? Yeah, he said that, yeah. yeah. And he just wanted to, he wanted the characters to just kind of get the essence the actors to get the essence of the characters and to do it like that. They, he was like, I don't care if they don't follow the script. And I always say that to Coyote when we do our own stuff. I said, you know, they don't nail the line. It's okay. I just want them to get the essence of the character, of who the character is. Because then I feel like once you really get into the character, that's when the good stuff comes out. Yeah. Um, and as a director, you have to, you know, everybody has their own style. But mm-hmm. for me, that's more my style. You don't have to nail the line, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really good, like, uh, good scene to show how in like not just indie directors but directors how they kind of uh, talk to their actors about mm-hmm. what they need and what they want from from them yeah um, I don't I don't want you to necessarily read every single line but I want you to give me what the character is supposed to be doing like how would this right. person that you're reading uh, approach it in a way that tells me that you understand who he or she is. Um, and even if it's not exactly who she is, um, give me something that might be like, oh, let's make it uh, whatever you just did because I like that. Um, and I thought that was really cool to 
to, to see. It's more about embracing the feeling. And yeah. it's like you can improv a line. I actually really don't care what the character says, to be quite honest with you. And I know it's kind of controversial in a way. Like when we were shooting, shooting Kyoto, it was like, no, no, no. I mean, they have to hit the mark at some point. Like, hit the, <laughs> hit the line at some point. I'm like, no. Like, re if you get the sense from the line that the character's upset or that the character's in love or that the character is just a pain in the ass, like, be that. You know, say whatever you want to say. I don't really care what comes out of your mouth. Just be the character. That's what I want from you. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's to me, that's when you really see someone really stretch as an actor. And it's fun to watch, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, what I want to do, uh, Brian, I would like to show uh, a clip of actually JP's, a scene where JP is actually uh, directing uh, within the film. Take a look. Now, Ruby, frame up on him, but then the beauty that you're seeing in the viewfinder is so astounding that you have to check for real to make sure you're actually seeing it, and it's not just some phantasm of shadow and light. Now, maybe you want to sit on that hood next to him, but you're not sure if, not sure if that's the right move. No, just do what you feel. I so, thought that was a natural scene. I yeah. thought it was great. And yeah. just real quick before we jump to our next topic, what was it like directing him, directing her? Nah. Oh, well, <laughs> actually, that was probably the easiest part of the whole filming experience. Uh, we called it JP Cam, mm. which would be um, my DP still using the same camera we shot the rest of the film, um, but um, basically having Nick be over uh, my DP's shoulder instead of me, and I'm like a, a few steps behind, and then just totally improv. Nice. Um, we, we had, I mean, on that day, we had such gold from, from the whole cast, and, yeah. and especially Nick in, the, in those scenes where I'd say 90% of it was improv. Right, nice. right, right. It, it was, I mean, the stuff he was coming up with was hilarious, mm. and I had <laughs> so much to use. I, I had to cut it down to a very small part. But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, this seemed like it was, it was perfect. Yeah. Uh, just to, it was you really, don't even get improv from that, though, which is great. But, it's like, but because it was so natural and seamless. That yeah, it, exactly. But as, at the same time, it could. I mean, you could also think no, of improv, mean, too. It's good in a sense because even though the improv was great, it's like, but that was the whole point. I mean, you improv'd mm -hmm. it to get a sense of like it just kind of going with the flow, but at the same time, it's like it worked. Yeah. You know, yeah. you would never have known. And it's great in the editing, too, because, you know, you can play with it and kind of stretch it or, mm -hmm. or make it condensed. And it's, yeah, it's like if you want to, you know, do, do like a long form video, just, mm -hmm. just shoot some handheld and just <laughs> let the actors go for it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Awesome. So I, I got to get into this because every time I, any film I watch, right, if it's an indie or a big box office, whatever, I always go and I, I always listen for the score, like the music. Right. right. Yeah. Um, the music is what really keeps me engaged. Right. Um, not just the story. For me, it's like 
how is this music conveying the emotion mm -hmm. that matches what I'm seeing on the screen? Right. And um, I was listening to the score, score and the music from, from your film, um, and it gave me sort of, um, uh, I wrote that, it gave me sort of like a Trent Reznor-ish social network kind of vibe. Cool. And I was like, I was, and, and yeah, <laughs> it, 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 listen, that's heck of a cop. Awesome. Yeah, and, and if, <laughs> if that, so I want to ask you, so when you were, when you were thinking of the music and the soundtrack for the film, um, what did you want to accomplish with it? What did you want to, what did you want to give the audience or tell the audience uh, that you were conveying through that music? Uh, great question. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, uh, earlier on, I, I was just still trying to figure that out, and um, I knew I really wanted to use the um, the first song you hear in the film was called "Isn't It Funny." Uh, it's by uh, this band Susie, and um, and the lead or the guy Mark, who does pretty much the whole all the music you hear, um, was kind enough to let me use that song, and then I started digging through his kind of back catalog on his on his his Spotify page basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so, it was just one of those moments where everything I needed, he seemed to have. Nice. So like I saw, I would. <laughs> yeah. there, I mean, there, we shot a scene in a shopping mall, and I went to him. and I was like, "Can do you have anything? Like we're doing the scene in the mall, and it's kind of melancholy." And he's like, <laughs> "I have a song called The Mall. If you want to check it out." Yeah, yeah. And that's what you hear in yes, the film. Yes, That's hilarious. So it's. Yeah, it was kind of meant to be, I think. Right. Well, it's funny. It's, you know, and this is honestly anything's open for interpretation. Please correct me if it, if it's wrong. But I, when I was watching it, talking about the score, I often I also got um, kind of a Breakfast Clubby kind of feel from the film as well. Oh. I don't know if your if your time period was like late '80s, maybe early to mid '90s. You you look you watch it and you kind of get that feeling, but. It was also about like these kids who just wanted to make a film, and mm -hmm. and then also the music did a lot for me. It kind of reminded me of the Breakfast Club a little bit, like kind of gave me that feel. Um, I enjoyed it. It was the score really added to the mm -hmm. film. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's that's such a great, um, you know, um, compliment. And but we, um, yeah, I, I think through all the different kind of layers, but we felt like too it was. It's also kind of like a coming of age yes. mm -hmm. story, and, and you know, I love obviously all those movies. You know, kind of like Dazed and Confused, mm -hmm. Breakfast Club, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, just kind of like trying to show um, life as like a younger person, you know, in, in your, your late teens, early twenties, mm -hmm. and, and kind of capture all that different heartbreak and all that stuff. Listen, Definitely. I I kind of related. With, Don't say the Breakfast Club. No, 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 not it. Breakfast Club. No, I related with yeah. Alex a lot. Oh, right. I related Aww. with him because when I when I loved film when I was young, loved movies, and my I didn't write things down. I kind of <laughs> acted them out with my toys, my my action figures, not dolls. Right. They're action figures. Action figures. All right. Action figures. Right. So mm -hmm. I would I would Hashtag literally toys. create movies with my action figures, and that was sort of my thought process on how I would do things and make it look and stuff like that. So I kind of, I felt his, uh, his creative juices like mine when I was just playing like with toys and stuff like that, but he would put it down on pen. He had a very pure love for the film, the character. Yeah. 
Um, I was big into Dawson's Creek. Don't judge me. Um, but there was a scene I'll never forget. Watch it. You never watched it with me. You know, I still I, judge you for that. It's not yeah, right. You yeah. told me when we first started dating, you'd sit down and watch all yeah, the Yeah, I lied to you about sets. that one. Yeah, but we're I married know, now. So I know. I well. But it's still, it matters, you know. Um, but anyway, domestic squabble. Um, but there was a scene, I don't know if you ever watched it, but the main character was into movies and filmmaking. Um, James Vanderbeek? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, come on. Listen, Appreciation. Just culturally, I know the, the references. But. Oh, I mean, right, Brian, don't, don't try to, don't try to cover it up, Brian. I mean, come on. No. Um, but anyway, very good. his character was really into film. And I'll never forget, his dad passed away, and I'll never forget him saying, um, the first time he entered into a film festival, he was like, my dad loved movies in the purest sense, which is he just loved to go watch them. Yeah. And every, I always think about that. When it comes to Coyote, but I always think about that about when I, I thought about that when I was watching your film in terms of Alex. Even though he loved to create films, he was so ensconced in myth, and he was so ensconced in just being in the movies, you know, and just loving it. And even when he put it into the VCR mm -hmm. to watch it, took us all back for a second. Um, <laughs> you know, you could just see it on his face how mesmerized he was by it, and it was just that pure, genuine love. Mm -hmm. Going back to what Coyote was saying for the for the arts and for the film um so that was portrayed very well yes thank you um, yeah, it's, it's always kind of like i mean when you go from kind of loving movies and loving film and at some point in your life you decide i want to make one and then you see the reality <laughs> right. on the other side the blood sweat and tears the blood <laughs> the, the pain the, the yep. heartbreak the disappointment all uh -huh. that stuff yeah. but uh -huh. it's it's all part of the package yeah, though exactly. to, to make a film definitely <laughs> So after all the blood, sweat, and tears, uh, when you're holding those awards and those <laughs> accolades like you got, um, tell us a little bit about that feeling. Tell us about the awards and the film festivals. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. It's um it's been sort of surreal, but right. we we spent a long time you know with the film. I've I've, I've spent since you know the last four years with it, and um, just just any time anyone says they liked it or they connected with it. Um, that has always been amazing, and it's, mm -hmm. it's that same feeling, sort of whether you're in a room with five people or 50 people, mm -hmm. um, getting an award or not getting an award, um, you know, just the fact that now some people are, are out there and they're watching the film and, right. and having a response, it's, it's great. It's very nice, very nice. <laughs> so I, I like to always ask um, artists and filmmakers uh, this question, right? And it's, it's a general question, but I, I'm always curious because as uh, up-and-coming possible filmmakers, ourselves, producers, and writers, we, uh, we're starting to see the, the pains of uh, getting groups of people together all on these dates to film all of this. It yeah. is, it is, yeah. a, it is stressful. Well, yeah, it's a lot. Yet, and we haven't started shooting yet. We haven't started shooting yet. So I always like to ask you, so what was the biggest challenge doing this film, like your biggest challenge? Um, you know, I, broadly it was it was really just filming upstate and mm. and having to figure out a way to logistically bring mostly a New York City or Manhattan based um, cast up there. Mm. Um, but then while we were up there, um, you know, we had a lot of support. We had friends, family, neighbors, everyone kind of pitching in. Um, the hardest sequence was the Probably actually the the opening of the film when we did the um, the night scene with Alex mm. um, writing about you know going to this party in the mm -hmm. woods. Mm -hmm. I think it was like our third night, and you know when you have a fourteen uh, 
14 production day shoot, mm -hmm. spending a whole day on one, yeah. or two script pages is right. a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, how do I, uh, at this rate, how, how are we going to- scrap this whole project? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was a challenge. And then um, when you film outdoors at night and there's no, uh, you know, electricity in mm -hmm. the woods, uh, and you're just running cable, and I think at one point, like we were just literally just stumbling around with like little flashlight um, things on our heads, just here. trying to <laughs> just trying to light the scene. Yeah. So I would have loved uh, to have seen behind the scenes for that one. Little bloopers, real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll save that for the. Never. That's funny. Um, so, well, just to please you guys, we do have a clip of that. Take a look. He knew there was another world, a greater one, one with girls. He just needed one thing, the keys to his father's car, which were surprisingly easy to acquire. He drives all night, scanning the empty streets that extend in every direction, searching for something, anything, that would take him out of himself waiting for the world to open up and invite him in. Until finally, it did. Well, I mean, if that didn't capture you or connect you, I mean, the first opening scene, we were like, huh, that's interesting. Um, Wait, I just want to ask, so how, I, I'm so fascinated. Like, did you, you got permits and everything, oh, right? Yeah. Like, how, especially how did for you, the city, right? Oh, oh you're real, yeah. put that way. How did you get the time? Like, how did you make sure like streets were clear and yeah. how did that? Was it just? I mean, at by night chance, in or? the woods, you probably oh, had a problem. Oh yeah, um, that. Well, so the road is actually is all my parents' property. Oh, it's it's nice. the driveway, and oh. we just had to like actually take, um, you know, just movie magic. But when you when we like filmed it, we basically had like a ten seconds of straight road so we just kept uh kept backing the car up back and forth oh. to uh to get that shot but oh nice yeah upstate it's it's a little bit easier it is you yes. know yes um we we shot on a lot of live locations you know diners mm -hmm. shopping malls bars um and, you know it's pretty much everyone's cool about it yeah, yeah. oh that's you know? good that's yeah. good but you know you have to get insurance too that's oh, that's big yeah. that's the big one that's yeah. Big. yeah yep and I know you had mentioned, I think, in an email to us about Airbnb. You had looked out certain places for that as well, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, where we're at now, it's 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 completely doable to mm -hmm. be your own location scout if you mm -hmm. use Airbnb or, Cra or maybe not Craigslist, but Airbnb mm -hmm. or um, even um, Peer Space, which did uh, a lot of the office stuff. Um, you can get these really cool locations um, just by kind of talking to those people okay. uh, through those those websites. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. So, do you have any upcoming projects in the works? Anything in the works? That you anything can talk coming about? out? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, just did a music video. Um, nice. It's for uh, this band from Brooklyn called Color Tongue, and it's their their new single off their album called Garden, uh, which will be releasing shortly. But uh, yeah, just I'm. Um, Slowly getting into the habit of writing again. I'm okay. trying to work on that second feature, I get, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which might be, you know, a, a ways down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it takes time, right? It does. It yeah. does. And then it probably does. after not just the pre-production, but the production and post-production, probably exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm dreading. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So I always like to ask this last question of our of our guests. 
Um, it's a hard-hitting question. Ooh, it's really yeah. tough. Um, it's a tough one. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie? Oh, man. We told you it was a tough one. Tough one. We did warn you. We get the... We get the all the time, so I know it's it's. I have like a top five, but I'll I'll do. I'll, <laughs> yeah. it, it usually rotates between Fight Club and Goodfellas. Mm. Um, oh, they're so different. They're so different. Yeah. yeah, it's probably been. I would say it's probably been Goodfellas uh, the last few years, but then I'll watch Fight Club again and I'll go, oh, uh, it's Fight Club, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, those are two good. I'll take good... it, I'll take it. Well, neither of them are Tarantino. No, no, no. no. Sorry. Pulp Fiction's in the, in the top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, Pulp Fiction's yeah, in the top yeah. five. Yeah, those are good, those are good ones. Yeah, they're good. Goodfellas is excellent, man. I, that's so, such a... Yeah, Peone loves film. that kind of stuff, like all the mob and the stuff like that. Like we binge watched The Sopranos. He has not been able to watch a series since then because he swears that The me. Sopranos ruined it's the, him. It's the greatest show I've ever because watched. Because he, he can't, nothing can compare nothing ever. Can compare, Even though that. he hasn't seen nothing Breaking can compare. Bad. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> Have you seen Breaking Bad? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. good God. I mean, can you talk some sense into him? Yeah, you should watch Breaking Bad. <sighs> it's it's really. I'll great. get there. I'll get yeah. there. I, I gotta. You're a liar. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> it's on my list of things to watch. <laughs> well, guys, this concludes another episode of Scriptly Adapted Uncut with our guest, artist roundtable guest Brian DiLorenzo, writer, director, and co-producer of Myth. Check him out on Instagram at Follow Myth. And uh, we just thank you for tuning in. Check us out in January after the New Year. Happy holidays, everybody. Take, Take care. care, guys.